I mean, when you look at the polls, which did see Biden winning, very obviously, it was a surprise. But if you look at de facto what was going on in America, the sentiment, the zeitgeist, all of these things, you would argue that perhaps America was divided. Hi, my name is Dr. Savvy, digital media strategist, author, radio and TV presenter. I believe there are so many people doing amazing work, but sadly, sometimes the general media doesn't get a chance to feature and shine a light on the incredible work they're doing, either in business or for charities. I'm going to have some conversations with the most interesting people in the fields of business, charity and global innovation, many from diverse backgrounds. I believe that bringing personal motivational experiences, thought leadership and their secrets of success into the limelight will inspire you to shine by following in their footsteps. Be sure to visit me at drsavvy.com and savvyleaders.com. In this week's episode, we discuss the outcome of the 2020 US election. Just like the Star Wars movie title, is there now a new hope? Will the new president bring about a new era of optimism, less protectionism, technological innovation to facilitate a greener economy, all amongst the backdrop of coming through a time of the pandemic? We have had quite a lot of media to look at. I don't think I've ever watched that much CNN in my whole life. And obviously that's down to the fact that we had the US elections so my guests today are Dr. Preet, uh, welcome to the show. I've also got Gia, and uh, Gia is studying economics and authority, I think. She takes a lot of interest in the whole of this Trump situation. And we also have Gurpreet Singh, he's the General Secretary of the Sikh Council. He's also President of the Khalsa Jatha British Isles. It is the oldest Gurdwara in the UK, the oldest Gurdwara Sahib in the UK. The subject today is really to talk about have we really seen the back of Trump? I mean, I've got three things to go through. Were you surprised about how neck and neck it was? Why did it look like 50% of the population voted for one candidate versus the other candidate? And then the other one's more about manners. You know, it's all about manners. My personal view is being a leader is not about being rash or uh, about being ruthless or being a disruptor uh, for the sake of being a disruptor. Uh, it needs to be clear and inclusive. and. I'm certainly impressed with Biden's very kind of warm, open arm, we are the people, uh, we are the United States. And that's a lovely sentiment to hear. And I actually agree with it. I really do. Okay, so let's start off with Dr. Preet. What's your view on uh, this situation about how neck and neck it was? Were you surprised? Uh, I wasn't at all surprised. You see, the people in the mainstream media... They had their, their, there was a concept there of the silent Trump voter. If all of the media is complaining about an individual and he's painted in a bad light, people wouldn't necessarily want to admit that they're Trump supporters. When they go to the ballot box and they're putting in their vote, that's when they're making it happen. Uh, and the I've got some inside information from people in the US on the West Coast and the East Coast and actually even from Texas. And one of the things they said, you will be surprised when you hear all of Trump's rhetoric about, uh, you know, migrants and blocking off the country and all this kind of stuff. Weirdly, 
it's some uh, of the minorities that have been actually supporting Trump, not just the white traditional, you know, Christians in the middle of the country that we expect, uh, you know, the Bible Belt followers or the Confederate followers is actually surprisingly, he's had a lot of Latino people. And I've been told, although I don't have any relatives in this position, I've been told that many Indians and Chinese have voted for Trump. And those are due to some of his um, fiscal policies, you know, which which favor business. And they've been very, very worried about the Democrats. So when it comes to push to shove, it's about your pocket. And a lot of people have been thinking, oh, we'll rather have this Trump fellow, even though nasty guy. They voted with looking at the dollar in their pocket. Maybe that was the situation. And I think it's interesting what you're saying about the um, uh, minorities voting for him. The Biden candidate was positioned as being more of a socialist on the left. Uh, And there was a suggestion that those that were living in Florida from a Venezuelan background had kind of nightmares, inverted commas, from the uh, previous regime. And kind of synonymizing the whole situation with communism is related to socialism. But I'm not sure whether they're confused uh, or whether at the end of the day, they've come from a country where they've suffered quite heavily and it's not down to socialism at the end of the day. Let me bring in Gia here. Gia. Uh, Good to have you on the show. You're um, a very prudent observer of uh, this whole situation. Neck and neck, do you think it was? Were you surprised? I mean, when you look at the polls, which did see Biden winning, very obviously, it was a surprise. But if you look at de facto what was going on in America, the sentiment, the zeitgeist, all of these things, you would argue that perhaps... America was divided and you did see this massive divide between people who want the new people who wanted kind of a fairer America for everyone with those who are kind of protecting the old ways. And I guess we see that most prominently in the idea of guns and how divisive that just as an example is of protecting your constitution. And even that has been exacerbated by COVID when we see um, this idea of freedom and not wanting to wear masks kind of countered with the idea of staying safe particularly you know like um the uh in michigan the mayor or the head of the state was very much pro a lockdown and pro uh covid restrictions and yet you have this massive Republican sector that wants to stop all of that because it's stopping civil liberties, traditional civil liberties. So I guess that's where the divide comes in. It's very much ideological, I do believe. I do uh, think it's really interesting that you bring up the COVID situation because obviously to a certain extent there's, um, you know, like what is, what's your track record, you could argue, on helping to solve the problem. I mean, he had sourced PP uh, stuff. He had uh, spent a lot of time... Uh, also not necessarily being very clear. The clarity just wasn't there, interrupting, uh, I saw this, interrupting press conferences to put his own kind of spin on things. And then, you know, you could see the camp uh, positioning themselves to say, well, look, the increasing death toll is not being addressed. We don't live in the US, so we don't know what we get to hear day in, day out, and we don't know what the local governors are actually trying to do. But as head of state, um, maybe the dynamic is different in the UK. Tell us, uh, Capri, when you look at Boris Johnson, you know, doing his daily stand-up, you know, it's an IT term, isn't it? And they do the daily stand-up and they uh, talk about their current situation, the status, how people really need to be more careful. And like I said before, we don't live in the US, so we don't know what happens out there, whether they've got local uh, communication going on. Are, were you surprised that, you know, this 
this massive polarization seemed to be evident in the polls? No, I actually wasn't surprised. Uh, you've got to remember, Trump is a populist leader. That means he has popularity. There are people who are going out there to support him. He, uh, you know, he got elected with a sizable support in 2016. So it's not going to be easy to knock down an incumbent. Um, the Democratic Party first needs to go through the struggle of choosing who their leader is going to be to do that job. And there's differences within the Democrats on that. The choice of Kamala Harris also as VP was an interesting one. So uh, it, it's not easy. The Democrats were fighting an uphill battle, and that's shown in the results. You know, it, it, it was so neck and neck. But the polls didn't say that, did they? The polls said that he had an eight-point lead at one point. This is Biden. Well, we'll never rely on polls. Um, <laughs> polls are going to literally be getting uh, a bit, you know, someone's view, whether they give it truthfully or not. Uh, we've been in that situation here where we've seen conservative governments get elected when the polls were all saying it's Labour. Uh, so people, especially or uh, you know, Republicans or conservatives, don't always express their feelings to the pollsters. Okay, so you think they're a little bit more reserved and they might be uh, someone to give you a surprise on the day? More reserved and probably not wanting to get into the argument. Just like uh, if, uh, Dr. Chadha said, if someone was a Brexiteer and they went out and you know openly said it, you, you'd just end up dealing with lots and lots of arguments that, uh, oh my God, why are you doing that? You, we saw how polarised that became in the UK, um, where it's, you know, people were hating on each other depending on which side of the debate they were on, but it was actual hate, not um, a proper discussion on policies and, uh, you know, actualities, but more, you know, uh, more of a uh, hate campaign going on. So when it comes to the economy, right, I mean, uh, and it was interesting, uh, people may have different viewpoints based on looking at the pound or the dollar in their pocket. That doesn't necessarily lean towards more of a, a world community or people working together. I mean, would you pull out of the Paris Accord for climate change because your opinion is that it does, it's not making a difference? Or is it because you just don't believe in the science? You know, uh, and that's so you see straight away the task force that Biden's putting together. That's the first executive order he's going to sign, apparently, is go back into the Paris Agreement. I mean, that's a fundamental different perspective, one about science and maybe one about protectionism, because if you've got an open ticket to be able to pollute, then in theory, you would have an uneconomic product. It's, uh, it's interesting because sometimes it might be the easy result to say, well, look, if we're allowed to pollute, we just continue as normal. But uh, being challenged by the science and looking at uh, what you can do to reduce your footprint has led to innovation. And that innovation is coming from the US. We've seen in solar technology, uh, wind technology, uh, electric cars, um, Tesla. You know, it's, there's a lot of innovation coming out of the US. It's not to say that if you, you know, clamp down on pollution, that you're going to kill your business. No, your businesses are going to move in a different direction. Economies and people adapt. Uh, we all need to travel. We all need to move around. We all need to be doing things. We just adapt and start to learn to do that in a better way for the environment. And that's how things will happen in the US and wherever else we are, which uh, in any country that seriously appreciates the impact of global warming.
Gia, let's bring you back here for a second. Um, Give us uh, your economic perspective on, obviously, you've got climate change, uh, you've got the impact, you've got protectionism. Trump was very much a person to talk about make America great again. This kind of like, we don't want to deal with China, we don't want to deal with these other countries, we want to focus in on our particular products and our particular jobs, whatever our means. It kind of deters the fact that we're not one world anymore, or maybe we never were. Yes, I do think people have become insular and I'm going to go back to COVID to explain that. And I think COVID has in some ways brought us together, but has made us more insular. And I think this idea of coming out of the Paris Agreement for America, I think it's driven a lot by these economic motives and this idea of, as you were alluding to before, the ability to pollute without kind of having to pay the price. It's like one world thing, isn't it? We've got protectionism. We've got, you know, uh, well, if I don't have to kind of conform, I can have more mines. I don't have to look at alternative methods. I can, you know, get jobs back to the miners, whatever that means. So isn't that a contradiction or is that another economic model? On one side, you've got Gopreet saying, well, it leads to more opportunities, more innovation, you know, more products. But the issue that we have is, from an economic perspective, the quick fix is to go back to bad habits. And I do think that we're heading that way. And I, I personally think that that was one of the key motives for Trump to get out of the Paris Agreement. Um, Trump is obviously very driven by economics, I think, behind his ideology that pushes him and that pushes a lot of his voters. And I think his voters were very in favour of this idea of America still being that great exporter, getting that revenue. And I, I do think that pushed a lot of his decisions. But the fact that Biden has kind of changed that, I wonder what that will mean for the economic implications. I mean, we might look to... Um, Gurpreet's argument and say actually well could that bring new innovation and could that bring a new era for America for example many of the great innovators in history Thomas Edison they they do come from America so it's interesting to see where their future will go. There are people in these old industries who haven't moved on Uh, they need to get these people employed but can I get the votes from these people yes I can how do I say I say well China's polluting you know, the fact that China's polluting on the U- U.S.'s behalf by, by making goods and services there, you know, and actually all you're doing is taking you, the American pollution there. I mean, the, you look at a per capita usage of electricity in the U.S., it's huge, right? It's like double or triple, which always makes me laugh how people are always looking at the U.K. saying we've got to cut down our carbon emissions. Compared to the U.S., we're nothing. We have a much higher levels of public transport. Our transportation isn't so far. We fly less than in the US. You know, it's a big country. They need to fly around. But they, they he's used this divide, dividing uh, kind of a paradigm. You know, we don't, we, why should, we're America first. Who cares about the world? Um, which is completely nonsensical in the global context. And we need a leader like America to show the way. Interestingly, while there's been this vacuum caused by, America's lack of world leadership, who's pumped up? China is now becoming, saying that they're going to be the greenest economy. So interesting, the highest polluting country has had a whole raft of policies which they can do because of the centrist economy, nothing can stop them. And you will find that China actually, contrary to some, what we said earlier on, the US may innovate solar panels, but 90% of solar panels are actually made in China. What's the U.S.'s addressing of all of this, you know? Uh, and the America's been an interesting, by the way, because they've been 
they have been free of all the Arabic countries, uh, which is probably why they haven't gone to war because of their fracking. So actually it's become energy independent. And if they do develop all these green technology, it'd be more energy independent. So very interesting future. And it'd be, I, I think Biden is actually, I was pretty anti-Biden at the beginning because I just thought he was, uh, didn't look the right kind of guy. But actually a lot of people voted for him because he wasn't Trump. And maybe he is the right guy because he's got a sort of conciliatory, you know, avuncular approach. Uh, an older man we can all trust in and say he's got good judgment. And, you know, Biden's personal story is really interesting because he's lost half of his family mm -hmm. through tragedy. Mm -hmm. So that really makes a nice person who's leading the country. I think it would be great. She seems to be a bit more connected. Yeah, I think he's the complete opposite of Trump. And I think in some ways that might have helped him. Um, and it's interesting that while Trump, as you were alluding to before, he goes America first or just us uh, or this kind of he divides even America up into those who he supports and support him and those who don't, you know, this idea of lock her up. She's the enemy of the state. And I think that it's interesting to see how different Biden is. Biden came out with a statement. We don't see red or blue. We see the American people. He wants to get back um, into the world. And I think it's very interesting for America and this idea where at a global economy we are becoming more and more integrated and globalization is happening at a faster pace than ever before it seems kind of strange that trump would want to come out of that completely but it backs behind his ideology us and them us versus them that drives him one of the interesting things is that it's about time it takes time to build to get a vaccine it takes time to distribute it it takes time for the economy to recover. And in, for that economy to recover, that's where the opportunity is. So to a certain extent, we've almost like had our you know, slates wiped clean with the stock markets all dropping as they are. And on this rise of optimism, the fact that you know, we've got a vaccine possibly, it's got a 90% FSE. Uh, but the issue is not about that. The issue is about whether people build that confidence in their business. It will take time. My worry would be, and I'd be really interested in, in knowing each of your opinions on this, is that, you know, you've got four years in government, right? If it takes time to get the vaccine out and it takes that, will people be impatient and go, well, we should have been with the other guy, you know, because he would have been a, a person who um, would have taken us in the right direction and um, we, wasted, we wasted four years and suddenly they start leaning to the right again. Um, and if you look in history, sadly, after the last pandemic about 1918, there was a hockey stick, but it was also the result of the world wars. And, and that's a really worrying thing to look at. Capri, do you think we're now in an era of risk? Or do you think there could be a situation where people get even more protectionist because they're clamoring for the vaccine, uh, they're clamoring survival, uh, you know, the economy dives even deeper because people have a lack of confidence to come back to work? It was interesting to see actually under Trump uh, how uh, companies supplying PPE had to make sure they were fulfilling uh, U.S. needs first. So uh, it 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 moved, you know, that protectionism was there. It moved companies away from, uh, say, supplying globally to supplying locally and then their global trade becoming secondary. The issue around, uh, say, the I think we're still somewhat in the shadow of Trump. 
we're not out of that yet. Um, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how far Joe Biden is able to start making changes to actually uh, where he needs to look at supporting the American people also, because I don't think Trump supporters can be ignored. Uh, although Trump was constantly saying, make America great again. But did, how much benefit was that for the average Joe on the street in the US? Uh, for those of you who travel to the US, you'll be amazed by the stark differences, you know, the poverty of people rough on the sleep. You know, they, there is no safety net to catch people there. Uh, like we have in the UK, we have the amazing NHS. They don't have that there. Um, so the, you start to see these stark differences. So in making America great again, again, who became great? Was it the American people? How much did they benefit from that? Or was it the American corporations? I, I think history will have to tell us that answer. But what Joe Biden, in my view, needs to do is start serving his people, make their lives better. Uh, yes, the global and international stage is something which is important to us as people sitting outside the US. But uh, when we look to Boris Johnson, I'm sure his foreign policy isn't the first thing we're looking at. We're looking at his domestic policy. And the same, I think, uh, is something which Joe Biden needs to concentrate on uh, in uh, so far as that he's got a chance to own that space, uh, to show Americans that uh, he can make a difference for the people there. Absolutely. Godfrey, really appreciate your time. I know you're really busy. You've got so many things that you're doing. So thanks for coming on the show and, and uh, you know, very great insights. Really appreciate it. Uh, Gia, do you, do you want to give us, uh, say, the last 60 seconds and then I'll uh, pass on to Preet to close. Are you optimistic for the future? Are you really, really optimistic that, you know, direction that we can all move in now and we can believe in? And, and I said, do you think we've got enough time? You know, has he got enough time to do it, you know? <laughs> well, time is a different issue, but I can say that the election of Biden has really been a turning point, at least for many of the spectators like me watching. And I do think that this will be a time of change for America because um, Donald Trump, he... As I said before, he was divisive, and I think that allowed America, it facilitated America to continue that way. And I think Biden will help create and reform this culture to allow the future to be more progressive and more kind of culturally kind to one another. And that's why I do have um, hopes, and not even just Biden himself. I think Kamala Harris, her election as the first American, first, um, af sorry, African-American and first Indian-American um, woman to be in power is something great. And, you know, I don't think America was ready for a female leader, but they might be ready for a female vice president. And I really hope that drives change. And like she says, I hope she isn't the last to come. Yeah, absolutely. And about time as well. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you really appreciate it? Um, Dr. Pree, are you optimistic this uh, vaccine is going to put everyone in, you know, kind of like, hey, we've got a new cure because everyone seems to be hyped up about it. There are many different trials going on around the world. You know, you didn't need that many brains to work out that in reaction to something like this, which is basically man-made, that we would find a man-made solution. The question is time and safety. But I'm really pleased to see that, that that's happened. I'm, I'm also hopeful for the future of America because not every policy that Trump had was bad, in my opinion. There had to be some redressing of things like the role of China versus America, the role of democracy versus autocracy. <laughs> and some of these things that Trump did 
you know, are not universally bad. The manner in which he did it and, you know, his divisiveness has caused untold <laughs> consternation in the country. And, you know, people have voted not for Biden. They voted anti-Trump uh, because they don't want that nonsense. They want norm normalcy to be restored. So with normalcy, with the acceptance that, you know, you can't just pump up taxes so much, uh, with the acceptance that there is a new world order, China has come to the front of the table, and you have to address some of those things and, and take some of the ideas that Trump had, but make it into something reasonable. Uh, I think I am optimistic, actually. I just hope that he can spend enough time not just dealing with policies, but dealing with healing, which means going around to all of those Bible Belt states, to the states where the Latinos haven't voted for him, and persuading them that actually, you know, having a healthcare system or, you know, having Obamacare is not such an evil thing. It's helpful. I've got relatives who, you know, came into America recently, and until they had Obamacare, they didn't actually have any health security. We can't have that kind of a system in the world's number one, uh, you know, economy. It's ridiculous. So I am hopeful that something good will come out, which is a mingling of these different things. And hopefully he will pay attention to all uh, of his constituents of America and remove this, you know, racial divisiveness and all the other things that we've had under Trump, which is just terrible, to be honest with you. Absolutely. So I would say thanks so much, very much ending on a, you know, optimistic note, you know, that we all, um, you know, pray that uh, we are one world, you know, it's a very easy thing to say, but uh, when it comes down to people looking at their inside in their pockets, unfortunately, the dollar votes or the pound votes, but I hope people in time will look beyond that. And hopefully, we've got someone, lots of words of hope there, in someone who can bring about that change, and be inspirational, not necessarily for the Americans, but also to lead the way in other areas as well in terms of other countries which is what really america has done in the past i'm not saying that the only or the greatest they, you know everyone has got uh, an account uh, they don't necessarily have uh, the, uh, the most um, uh, reputation that necessarily is seen by everyone to be the, the brilliant uh, reputation that you need there are many uh, countries and uh, issues that uh, have risen uh, from that so uh, we can only, as our individuals, uh, look towards uh, positivity and optimism and to do the right thing and not to be ruthless and not to have bad manners, uh, but to treat each other with respect. So on that note, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much to the guests. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm grateful to my guests this week for their time, expertise and inspirational thought leadership. It was great to end on a more optimistic outlook. My thanks to our production partner, CastLab, and music rights from sound.com. Thank you for tuning in. It's really appreciated. I would be most grateful if you could share this podcast, tag on social media channels, and I look forward to your feedback and further visits at our show notes page at www.savvy.com. That's it for today. I hope you have an amazing week. Make sure you follow or subscribe at our respective podcast streaming sites and look forward to you tuning in to our next show. Remember, change comes from within. An example is leadership. Cheerio. Bye.
Dr. Savvy's regular media watch brings you rising stars from various business sectors, public services and charities. Available on Sky, YouTube and Spotify.